if you look really as to how the token's working, a lot of these tokens are inflating their supply, right? So what they're actually doing is they're printing more tokens to then give you those as staking rewards. So yes, it might seem like you're earning all these additional, uh, you know, coins or tokens or whatever they are, but the reality is they're just inflating their supply, which is no different to what, the, you know, the reason why the purchasing power of fiat currency becomes the way it is, is because they inflate the supply. Welcome back to another episode of The Benenberg Show with your favorite MBA and high school dropout where we talk everything crypto, business, and personal growth. And we've been talking a lot about personal growth. Uh, we've had a, some cracking interviews that might already be out. And we've got some personal growth ones coming out in the future. But today we're going deep on Ethereum and ways you can actually stake your Ethereum, earn a yield without needing the 32 ETH minimum that you require if you're going to set up a node. So as we know, Ethereum, move from proof of work to proof of stake last year and a way that you can validate the ethereum blockchain and actually earn uh, a return on that is through staking your ethereum you're basically giving your ethereum to help secure the the network and then you can be paid rewards for for making that action but the way to do it uh normally or i guess you know to, to actually do it as a setting up a node you actually do need 32 ethereum which is around sixty thousand us dollars to do that which most people don't have so there's a really cool way of doing it which is called liquid staking which is an area that we really like and today we're going to walk through the pros and cons of doing it on liquid staking how it works and three dif different options to do it how are you Bergs? mate i'm going really well i'm excited to do this episode and just looking at some of the work we've got on the platform particularly by nick and everyone was poo-pooing proof of stake and it's all going to hell, it's going to zero. He was the one guy that's like, no, this is a good thing. Here's what's going to happen. Absolutely nailed it. Went super deep, went into the protocol level, everything that was happening there. And then even after when people are able to take their staked coins out, he's like, no, this is going to be a good thing. And he explained exactly why. Nick, shout out to you. I love you. I might even be in love with you, mate. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to going through F staking today, Ben. Yeah, so this, uh, this resource that we're walking through is something we delivered to our members uh, last week uh, inside the Collective platform. So we've got a couple of thousand investors that subscribe for sort of insights and analysis. That those people that really want to upgrade and uh, win in, in crypto, we, we try and give them you know, some really good uh, content. And sometimes we share some of that on Ben and Berg's as a little bit of an insight as what we do. And that's what we're doing today. But to get started, really, what, what even is liquid staking? Liquid staking is basically a way that you can pull your Ethereum with others to deposit into the Ethereum network to earn those staking rewards and they take a fee. So rather than having to have that 32 ETH to participate, uh, you can basically, you know, as I said, pull that. It's more user-friendly. It's more passive way to pull your crypto with people you don't know and then you can enter uh, liquid staking to earn those yields. Now, there's three kind of main ways you can um, uh, do this through liquid staking. Just quickly before we do that, the, the other way to do it, if you want to go straight through what we call liquid staking protocols, where you go direct into the smart contract of Ethereum, uh, you can do that uh, through your ledger. Uh, it is, as I said, it's a little bit more uh, difficult with the, the amount of uh, crypto you need to do that. Uh, and there's some other ways you can do it, but we won't talk about that today. Today is more uh, for predominantly, you know, the most of us here that don't have that 32 ETH. You can do it through three main ways. And they have pros and cons. The risk here as well, before we get into everything, is like there is always risks with everything. Um, you have the smart contract risk. We have regulatory risk where we've seen the SEC announce like, you know, things around securities and um, different exchanges around staking. Uh, there's liquidity risk. There's a lot of risk in staking. So please be aware of that. It's actually something that I don't do. Bergs, do you stake your crypto? 
No, I don't. I don't think the returns at the moment for me are yep. high enough for me to monitor it and do it. I Although I, with liquid staking, I don't have to run my own you know, yeah, node no, or validator yeah. with 32 ETH. I can do a small portion of it. Yeah. So it's something I'm definitely going to look into. But at this point in time, I don't stake. Yeah, neither do I. I'm not saying it's not, it's not a good idea. Uh, but I, I'm in the same camp as uh, Berg's on this one. I just like to sit and hold my, my Ethereum and crypto. But for most, well, for some people, you're going to want to uh, stake your ETH. So today's a little bit of a guide. So number one is Lido. Lido is the largest liquid staking protocol. Uh, it's basically a decentralized platform where you can put in your ETH. Uh, it's managed by a DAO. So Lido DAO uh, basically control how the protocol works and by holding the Lido token, the LDO token, you can actually vote on uh, different things around the parameters, the fees, the operators, things like that. So you can actually buy Lido, the underlying uh, the token for the Lido platform if you want. Uh, and if we look here, like there's a chart uh, that we might link to in uh, the show notes for those that are members of Collective Shift. We've actually got like a, a, a screenshot here of the balance of liquid staking protocols and Lido is by far the biggest uh and we're seeing a bit of an upgrade coming uh lido v2 in the middle of 2023 so with lido you're looking at around uh, uh, as of april 2023 a 4.5 annual return rate um, you can get your distribution of the staking rewards daily lido takes a 10 percent commission uh it's re uh, relatively easy to use we're sort of rating this like a medium user friendliness um, and medium accessibility so if you're a beginner it's not a bad platform to look into uh, and that token, as I mentioned, is the LDO token. Uh, next we have is Coinbase. So Coinbase is a centralized exchange, probably the most uh, reputable exchange it's based out of the US. It's listed on the NASDAQ. Uh, and you can use Coinbase to uh, stake your Ethereum as well. All you need is a Coinbase account. You need to verify your identity and you can uh, basically get involved with that. Downside risk here is that the SEC may be pursuing Coinbase for you know, offering this as an unregulated security. Uh, because there's an expectation of profit. So we do need to be uh, wary that the SEC haven't uh, put a real framework around if staking and Ethereum is a security just yet. Coinbase and a lot of people people inside crypto are saying it shouldn't be. Some people in the SEC think it should be. There's been no decision on that yet. So just something to be wary of. Coinbase take a little bit of a higher fee. They take 25% fees instead of 10% and a smaller annual return, looking about 3.8%. Uh, but it is, yeah, the user friendliness is super easy to get involved with as Coinbase. It's a, it's a known exchange. Yeah, and I think if you're already holding your ETH on Coinbase, you've accepted the exchange risk. You're holding it there. You're not doing self custody, so there is an option while you're holding it there to earn additional yield, and you're still accepting that risk. So I would say the risk is not increasing by that much because the risk is more the exchange itself in my personal opinion. Um, so that's a good opportunity to earn additional yield. Yeah, great point, Bergs. Uh, and third, but not least, is Rocket Pool. So Rocket Pool is actually a Queensland-based company, uh, the most decentralized. Uh, again, another staking pool that has uh, the ability to put your Ethereum in. And then um, it's a, also uh, has some of the fundamental principles of decentralized finance. So it's non-custodial, self-sovereignty, et cetera, et cetera. You can also buy the underlying token um, LSD, uh, but when you're sending your Ethereum uh, to Rocket Pool, 
And the way Rocket Pool works is that uh, they set up mini pools, so you, you only need to pull up to 10.4 ETH instead of the 32 ETH. So, um, you know, you can you can obviously deposit less than that, but that's how they uh, get access to the network. They're looking at a, a much higher rate, annual return rate is 7.1% as of April, 15% uh, commission fees. Uh, probably the lowest user friendliness out of the three I've just mentioned, um, but easy to access. Uh, pretty low li liquidity and volume though. So in terms of like Lido, that's it's much less in terms of uh, the amount of people using it. So uh, they're sort of the three uh, different major players within the liquid staking uh, field. As we mentioned before, like there is a lot of risks with liquid staking, um, just staking in general, uh, you know, yeah. Ethereum. If anything, if you're wanting to like stake your, your crypto, like I, I'd probably say ETH is the least risky out of the most risky. Uh, but yeah, there's sort of three different options there if you really want to get a yield on your uh, on your ETH. I love that these options exist. It's more innovation and it's more opportunity to earn capital and people will need to select whether it matches their risk profile and whether it's right for them. And we touched on some of the risks before and we'll just like, we'll go through them now where, and I love this, cartelization. So if you've got a DAO or something controlling a certain area, or if you have um, a validator that gets too large, they can then collude if they own a significant percentage, they can collude for their own benefit. And we we tend to see this with um, pretty much any business, right? Like you see it with Although they won't admit it, like whenever you have a big four, you have like mining or banking and they'll, they will collude. They're all on the same boards. They'll do things like price signaling, but these guys can actually um, manipulate things for their benefit. So that's something you need to be aware about. And there are tools out there, particularly June Analytics, where you can see how large the validators are. But then within a validator, how many people own a specific amount of the tokens? Like if someone or a group owns 90%, that's autocratic. They can just vote on anything they want. So that's something you need to be aware of. Other ones are smart contract risk. Again, this is nascent technology. They're building it on smart contracts. Um, these things have been tested, but there can be future things or exploits that can come along. So know your smart contract risk. Regulatory risk. Uh, this comes with, like we were saying with uh, Coinbase or potentially uh, your regulator, whether it's the SEC, um, ASIC here, uh, determining that ETH is a, what do we call it? Security. <laughs> security, thank you, ETH is security. Yeah. Um, then that will change the way that you interact with it and whether you're able to hold it or not. Um, systemic risks as well. So the whole crypto ecosystem is intertwined. A lot of dominoes can fall and like nothing beats just holding that protocol asset and having self-sovereignty around it. Nothing beats that. But again, risks do come with that. And you need to know, are you actually holding the protocol product itself? Like, are you holding ETH? Or are you holding a derivative product of that asset? Just know what you're actually holding. Um, again, de-pegging. So LSD is traded on an open market and coordinated efforts to either short that or put pressure on it uh, or the underlying asset. That's an extremely small risk, but it's still a risk. And again, liquidity risk. If there's not enough liquidity, then the LSD token may suffer um, while you're attempting to trade it. So I love that these options exist. 
at this point in time and the yields that are available, I personally won't be taking any of these up. I might explore some of them just to see how they work with a very small amount of ETH, just to see how the protocols work, what the experience is like. I'll do that on a new wallet an address that is segregated from what I'm doing with my other stack because I do like exploring it. But in terms of putting my stack in there, I personally won't be taking this up, but love that it exists. Yeah, it's a really good point, Spokes. And it's also important that I know a lot of other people stake different chains and you know, there's, there's a range of different ways you can do this and also different tokens that offer rewards. It's important to know that you need to look into the, the, some of the token economics of some of the projects that offer these rewards. Some of them are offering 10, 15, 20% yields or you know uh, APYs or wh whatever they call them uh, in, in that individual token. But if you look really as to how the token's working, a lot of these tokens are inflating their supply, right? So what they're actually doing is they're printing more tokens to then give you those as staking rewards. So yes, it might seem like you're earning all these additional uh, you know, coins or tokens or whatever they are, but the reality is they're just inflating their supply, which is no different to what the, you know, the reason why the purchasing power of fiat currency becomes the way it is, is because they inflate the supply. So that's different to, to Bitcoin. Uh, Ethereum has a very low inflation rate. I'm not entirely sure what the current inflation rate is, Bergs. I mean, I'm pretty sure they were aiming to get it to near zero, uh, but it's important to note that if you're staking on a lower token, it's important to look into the token economics. And if you need help with that, we have those details inside the Collectorship platform. So as an insider member, you get access to our reviewed assets. Uh, where we have a lot of those t tokens in there and um, we actually detail that out for you to help you on your research. Yep. Uh, exactly right. And it does get complicated. You'll need to see the issuance. You need to look at the smart contract. You need to see where that issuance is coming from, where it's going, and then who's buying those tokens and how they're being market sold. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot in there. So that's why we're here to help Collective Shift. You know, we, we've got over a couple of thousand members now and, you know, really helping you get like get ahead uh, but also save you time. So we've got a team of six analysts that are doing a lot of the work for you so you can get in there, especially from the altcoin perspective. We've got a great, a lot of great analysis in there giving you what we like, what we don't like, the ins and outs, completely no BS. So if you've only got an hour a week, give me exactly what you need in that platform. So go over and check it out, collectorshift.io. Bergs, I think that's it for today. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, mate. I enjoyed going through that. A bit more knowledgeable good. now. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you, uh, if you have a friend or family member colleague that's into crypto might be getting into crypto maybe they're staking crypto on some sort of random token on random exchange make sure to send them this episode we'd love to help them out and as always please leave us a review if you liked or even not liked the podcast we'd love to hear your feedback and we'll see you next time thanks so much folks